Welcome, welcome, welcome back to the Real Time Soccer Podcast. Bro, we got a lot of European football to talk about today. It was a great week indeed. A big week. I I want UEFA to change like all these European tournaments like the Europa League and the UEFA League. Uh, UEFA League. <laughs> Europa League and the Champions League. <laughs> to the one stage knockout instead of having it two legs. It's just so much better. It's so much more entertaining. Yeah, I definitely agree. I mean, the the only issue with that is that uh, they lose they lose money, but that's that's where they if they were thinking about the entertainment over money, which never happens, then maybe we'd have a chance. But I don't know if they'll ever do it. Yeah, I mean, because they're playing less games, right? But maybe they make the maybe they make the only the round of sixteen the double, and then. I would, that wouldn't that that wouldn't be fair. Yeah, I guess. Or maybe they make more teams uh, into the bracket. You you're doing your Europa job. Let them do their job. <laughs> yeah, let them do the job. I just really want them to consider it because it's just so much more entertaining to watch when the teams have to go all out because everything's on the line for one game. You know, because we've got some insane games. So today we're talking uh, Europa League semis, um, and then we'll do like a preview of the final. Um, that's tomorrow, actually. We're recording this on Thursday. And then we'll do, uh, we'll go over the quarterfinals for the Champions League, which we had some pretty crazy games. And the semis that also uh, just happened as well. And a preview for the final. So we got, we got only European football today. Um, oh, we also got to talk about Ronald Koeman. Yeah, I mean, after what happened with Bayern, uh, with, uh, Bayern Munich versus Barcelona, um, it's going to be hard to avoid that. But uh, we'll talk about that near the end as well. Um, Let's see. Okay, so Europa League semis. I'll talk about the Sevilla Man United because I just gotta say it went as expected. I had two zero Sevilla. I don't know how Manu scored, but they scored uh, as a PK. No surprise here. But hey, uh, no worries for me. Sevilla in the final. Go ahead. Um, I mean, I'm just disappointed. We started off, I think, strong. We had so many chances that we did not convert. It's so annoying. Um, because we deserve, I think. To get more out of that. The best word to describe you guys in this game was wasteful. Wasting way too many chances. Yeah, I mean, it just seemed like we weren't we weren't getting that final ball or able to finish the chances we were creating. Um, which was really disappointing because we did have a lot of chances. Um, I mean, our, our defense, though, is so wishy-washy. Like, it's so inconsistent. Um... Man, we got Chuckle Brothers 2.0 in my opinion, but Chuckle Brothers 2.0. I don't even know what Chuckle. Yeah, the new Chuckle Brothers 1.0 was uh, Jones and Smalling, and now we got uh, Lindelof and Maguire. Lindelof, you saw Lindelof's mistake on the first, on the second goal. Yeah, but yeah, I mean, it wasn't pretty. It wasn't pretty. That's his mistake. I mean, and he was like fighting with Bruno after Bruno called him out, but I but. I mean, I I feel like he does have a point though, because the way that the the cross came in, it should have never got to the ball should have never got there in the first place. If the pressure, if the I guess more organized defensively, especially in your midfield, maybe the ball doesn't even get to the cross. But I mean, that happened, and then the, the back four wasn't. Still got to do better. This is also a bad game from uh, Juan Basaka, which was also disappointing because he's been pretty consistent. It. Wambisaka is getting. Ex- I feel like he's getting exposed for just being a great tackler. It depends because he does so much more than tackle, and he's like been 
uh, doing a lot better uh, offensively as well, uh, getting the ball through and giving. Uh, but has he though? Yeah, he has been going forward a lot more, and I think that's why he's getting maybe caught a little bit more because he's he's getting. We're losing the ball when he's all the way up forward, and then he has to make his way back, um, and then that's he's not in the best position to accommodate with the the enemy attacks at that point because he's always trailing back. But I'm not worried about him. Like him and him and Maguire seem to be like the strong points, even though I'm not a huge fan of Maguire. But um, Luke Shaw also like we've been missing Luke Shaw a lot. Um, ever since he's been gone, it's been a Brandon Williams had an awful game, awful, awful, awful game. Um, but he is like he's still raw to me. Like he's still like. Yeah, for sure. He's not supposed to be a starter. He's he just came up from the from the academy, but that's the only option we have to play there right now. So that's how you see uh, we're lacking depth there. Yeah, I mean, you got you you have to you have to judge him, but yeah, it's like. At the same time, I think just like him and Juan Bissaka, like let's not forget, like well, we can't forget that Juan Bissaka hasn't played fullback for like he's only played fullback for like one full season, I think. So before he got to Manu, so I still feel like he's still learning the position. I'm not worried about Juan Bissaka. Yeah, I know, but like for him and Williams, like they're still young players at the end of the day, like so. Yeah, definitely, definitely. But Lindelof, I'm not a big fan of Lindelof. You've heard me say it multiple times. Even Maguire. But Maguire, I guess you can build around. <laughs> I saw the report that recently I told you before we uh, we started recording. How Man United is monitoring Ubamecano's uh, situation. That would be a quality signing. There's no way he goes anywhere. He just signed a five-year contract. He's not leaving. But that would be a great upgrade. Yeah, I mean, even if he does leave, I don't think Manu's going to be the first option in his mind. But hey, you can, you can keep dreaming. I mean, if the Sancho deal doesn't go through, we'll have cash to spend. So we'll see about that. Uh, what did we we say we were talking about Sancho today? <laughs> we're not we're not going in depth on Sancho, but that's still a that's still a thing there. But anyways, we lose two one. Very disappointed to be honest. You go, you know what you needed. You need, you know what you needed for that game. What a Sancho? No, Lukaku. You needed Lukaku. You think Lukaku? I mean. We, we, you see what he did to Shakhtar? Yeah, I know, but Shakhtar as well. And Inter have a good team, too. What, what do you mean? What, honestly, Shakhtar had a good team. Lukaku was never... Lukaku was a scorer. He just doesn't fit the system we play right now. Yeah, well, he fits the Inter system. Him and Lotaro, right now, it looks pretty deadly. Yeah, he fits the Inter system. He doesn't fit our system. That's what we sold him. And we've been doing well without him. It's just, uh, I think, our lack of... Uh, I guess lack of experience is what kind of costed us there. But this is experience in itself, and next year will be stronger, I think. We have Champions League football next year to look forward to. Yeah. Um, but yeah, 2-1, we fall to Sevilla. Sevilla are, are kings of the Europa League. It's, that's, that's their game. They've won it already five times, I think. And maybe they'll win it again, so... No, I think Inter's winning it. I mean, they have a good shot. They're a strong team. But I wouldn't uh, underestimate Sevilla. Yeah, no, definitely not. I mean, Sevilla is always a, a a good pick. It's a good pick to have. But I feel I feel like this one, like especially with Lukaku and Lutau in in being in the form that they are right now, and kind of the, I guess, defensively, they're pretty solid as well. I think that they're 
they're young defended by Sony and I think it was DeVry and uh, Skrinar to get, uh, as a back three is pretty solid as well. Uh, they perform in big games. I feel like they'll be able to uh, somehow manage the, the Sevilla crosses because that's really how all the Sevilla does is crossing. That's how they beat you guys. Twice, two crosses, two goals. So um, I'm expecting uh, Inter win. I'd say 2-1. There's not much to talk about that Inter Shakhtar game, though. That was the West Side Zero massacre. Nah, it was a wash. It was a wash. Yeah. I thought Shakhtar was going to do better, but surprisingly not. Lukaku and Martinez were just too good. I mean, they're clinical. Um, okay, so let's go into uh, the preview. Inter, Inter Sevilla. I mean, who we have in the final. I think uh, I think Sevilla takes it 2-1. You? Uh. I got Inter 2-1 as well. Well, yeah, 2-1 for Inter. Inter 2-1. Okay, so we'll be on opposing sides for the final. Who do you want to win? I want Inter because I want Lukaku to win. Why do you want Lukaku to win? Because it'll show that he made the right move to go to Inter. I feel like right now he's got to be a top five striker in the world today. Lukaku? Yes. All right, name name uh, four, name the top your top five then. Okay, Lewandowski, obviously. Obviously, Benzema, Aubameyang, uh, number five, Aguero, if he's not injured. Or no, actually, probably Mbappe. Yeah, I'll put Mbappe four. And then um, Lukaku five. You don't think there's one more better person than Lukaku out of that? I mean, you could put, you could argue with Haaland, but I'd still put Lukaku ahead. Even Mbappe is questionable. No, Mbappe for sure. Mbappe for sure. Suarez? No, hey, especially considering that game that we're going to talk about, Suarez is not, he's not in the top five. Not top five. Top ten maybe, but not top five. Not anymore? Not anymore, no. Do you count Ronaldo as a striker? No. Uh, uh, well, that's kind of cheat. I guess you could say that. Ronaldo a striker. Ronaldo's a striker. Hmm. But he's not a striker. He's not a striker. Harry Kane? Oh. Okay. Maybe I'll reconsider Lukaku. <laughs> there you go. <laughs> Maybe Luka- Lukaku would probably be he's still top he'd be top six then, because I I would I would probably put Kane five or five or something and then For me, absolutely better than Lukaku. Um Aguero, Lewandowski, Harry Kane. Uh, Obama Yang, that's already four. Mbappe for sure for me as well. That's five. If you want to get Ronaldo as a striker, that's six. Top ten for sure. I would, I would argue top five. I could, I, I think I can make the argument for top five, especially this season. But I don't know about your top five argument. He's top ten for sure. Probably near the back, back side of the top ten. Fine, yeah, that's fair. I would probably put him ahead of Harry. Yeah, I'll probably put him ahead of Harry Kane. But that's just me. That's just me. If he's top five, he's number five. Okay, anyways, let's not waste time on this. <laughs> okay. Um, all right, so Champions League quarterfinals. We have Bayern Barca and Lyon City. Both of these games are quite the surprise, to be honest. Who was, which one was the most disappointing? Well, I kind of know the answer to that, but which one was the most? City and Lyon was the m- most surprising result, like a result like uh, winner-wise. But because uh, we all knew Bayern was going to win. They were the favorites. We did not know they were going to win like that, though. Yeah, that was this was uh this was Germany Brazil two Which if we think is you think it's worse than seven one? 
I don't know, Mueller said that this was worse because in the in the Brazil game, whatever, they, he said they didn't have control the whole time. But in this game, he said, like, literally they were just, they could do whatever they wanted or whenever they wanted. They were dominating the whole game. I felt like they were dominating the, the game way more than the the 7-1. I would agree to that. Well, even though 7-1, they pretty much had, like, two-thirds. I think in this game, they had the 100% control of the game. Easily. If you look at Massacre in the dictionary, you see this. It wasn't even close. It was not even close. Ne- at any point were we nervous. And it started off the bat, too. Like, in the, within the first 10 minutes, they were already one or two goals in. It was already, yeah. And then... Obviously, even even the goal that Bayern like, I mean, Alagaba scores and scored an own goal, kind of unfortunate, but yeah, they Barca didn't really show anything at all. Yeah, Alaba had didn't have a great game, but he didn't really need to do anything crazy. He had one bad moment, to be honest. Yeah, but even before that too, he wasn't. He looked a little shaky, but I mean, I don't think he was nervous. <clears throat> yeah, definitely not. I uh, man, it's it was nah, I don't know, bro. Like, I, I was watching... Well, I mean, we all... This is the end of Barca as we know it. This is the end of Barca as we know it. Unless they do a complete overhaul, but they'd have to spend a lot of money. A lot of money and make too many transfers for it to be able to be done in one year. But that's the thing, too. Like, if they they needed they needed a reality check, like, two or three years ago, like, understanding that the, the, the team was too old or whatever, and you can just rely on Messi. The team is so old, and they did a horrible job at replacing the team. Like, instead of instead of buying quality young players... They bought like world class, like over hundred million dollar signings, that ended up not doing anything. Like, how are you supposed to rebuild a team and get your team ready to compete for the future like that when you know your whole team is aging? It makes no sense. And then the, the signing that they are doing, like, they they what they signed Coutinho for one hundred and twenty five million, just to, just to send him on loan to score against them two times. It, like it's crazy. And then they have uh, Dembele who didn't even play. Uh, yeah, over a hundred million dollars signing. Like it's ridiculous. Griezmann came on uh, uh, like at halftime and didn't do anything either. You you started you're starting a game against a team that does nothing but attack, and you're starting a you're starting a game with only two forwards where you're usually having three. Every game you play, you have three, but this time they went with two because they wanted to be more defensive, and it didn't work out for them at all. Not even close. It was a Bayern was the worst possible team that Barca could play, just in terms of style of play and everything. You know, Barca obviously is more conservative, more possession, more uh, uh, more focused on like keeping the ball with them. Bayern just attacks. Bayern just attacks and with pace, can pay, pace and technique. Barca only have the technique. They don't have the pace, the physicality that the the, the Bayern has. They can't they can't match them physically. They they don't have the pace. So when once Bayern goes on the attack, you gotta hope that Barca somehow manages. It's hard. To, it's hard to keep up, especially with um, an aging back four. Like PK looked dead. Look, PK. He looks slow. He looks sluggish. He looks slow. He looks slow. The only one that could do anything was Langley, and he got embarrassed by uh, Nabri as well. Man, man, did, it, it felt like Longley was defending two v one every time. Did you see? Did you see his uh, the the first uh, uh, Nabri goal where he just like literally the ball before he even got played, he just turned on the afterburners and just like they were at the same spot. And then two seconds later, he's like fucking four or five yards ahead of him, finishing the ball already. It's insane. 
Uh, Gnabry is so good. Gnab- don't talk about Gnabry because that's an introduction guy that I to this to this day I don't know how we. <laughs> Listen, all all the Arsenal fans are cheering for him uh, as if they scored for Arsenal. I swear to this day I don't understand how we did not. I mean I don't want to talk about because I'm to be honest I'm happy where he is right now. I, I'm happy to see where he is, but I whenever I see him score, I, like part of me is like, damn, you could you could have been could have been doing this for us. Yep. Imagine Obama Yang, uh, Pepe and Nabri. Let's not even think about it. Let's not even think about it. That's <laughs> the, you're giving me. Let's not even think about it. Let's, go, let's stick to this game because we also got to talk about Fonzie because Fonzie did his thing again. Yeah. Alfonso Davies. Is he the best uh, left back in the world? That was going to be my question. I think he's got to be... He's got to be it. I mean... The Canadian represent... Hmm. I mean, to me, I, I don't know how. I mean, I don't. I don't think we've ever seen a fullback that's so good defensively and offensively. I think his defending still needs a lot of work. He reminds me of Juan Basaka a little bit, just how like he's so easy to keep up with the defenders that run at him. But he's not as uh, defensive as Juan Basaka, but he's so much better offensively, like so much better. Um, the best offensive fullback in the world right now. The only person that you're that you're able to that's able to compete with him is uh, Trent Alexander Arnold. Then, no, I, I mean from a from a left back perspective, from a left back perspective, Trent is on the right. That's different. Yeah, I'm just talking about fullback in general. I will put Davies ahead of Trent right now. Yeah, I do as well. He looks like a striker that's ready to pierce your defense when he's going forward. Except he's also really quick to get back and. Poke the ball out of your feet uh, defensively. He really can do it all. Yeah, he's pacey enough to like. He's pacey enough to recover. And he's so dangerous. He's like another striker when he's going forward. Did you, did you see how he got through that whole defense for the? Whose goal was it? Who who did he who scored that? The fifth goal, Kimmich. The Kimmich goal. It was Kimmich. Yeah, it was Kimmich. My God. Men pulled out all the skill moves, five-star skill moves, getting through the defense like they're butter. I genuinely feel that it's between him and Robertson for the left back, the best left back in the world right now. And I do, I don't see how you do not put Davis in that as number one. And he he fits Bayern's system so well too, where they're so offensive and attacking that he just he can do whatever he wants and he complements everything that's happening around them so well. You could also argue that Bayern and Liverpool are pretty much alike as well. Like the way they the way they play. Like very, very high attacking football. Bayern much more consistent though. Yes, agreed. Uh a strong middle three and two high, like very technical wing backs that can play. Bayern really are the king of building a squad, a good squad. They've done it for years. Not with spending crazy amounts of cash either. Building with good quality players that fit their system. Their most expensive player isn't even on the team yet. Imagine how scary that is. Imagine adding Sané to this next year. Oh my God, he's going. He's going to replace Perisic. Yeah, but he might stay. I would. I wouldn't mind having him stay and be the, the depth. Yeah, Perisic. But Perisic would be. He's also older. Like he would be coming off the bench. Like starting your team with Sané, Sané, Lewandowski, and Nabry. With right in the middle, you have uh, Goretzka. Um, Goretzka is fast for his how tall he is. He's fast. 
I love Goretzka. Watching him play, he looks like a giant on the field, but he's so like nimble too. And you got Mueller there too. Mueller can do it all. He he'll complement anything. He's like the jack of all trades. Oh man, that team is crazy. No, I mean, yeah, it's uh, I really don't see how they lose the final. To be honest with you, I don't see how they lose the final either against PSG. PSG are, I mean, listen, like we'll talk about the let's talk about Lyon City now, so we can get through the semis. Um, that was surprising. Um, in my opinion, I wasn't even able to watch the game because I, I wasn't home uh, while it was on. But I saw the highlights, and I, well, I didn't see all the highlights, but I was keeping up with the score, and I was surprised. I mean, this is this was this game was a perfect case of uh, Guardiola overthinking, overplaying it. Yeah, he's he had a weird starting eleven too. No, three in the back, playing KDB out wide. Like I don't, I didn't understand why he went with that strategy, especially considering that the game, bef- the 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 leg before against Madrid, you you pretty much had the the best eleven on the field, and you played with your best team, and you had you had you you got a result, the result you wanted. I would think that you want you would want to keep it consistent and like try to try to. Um, Try to win, especially in a one-legged uh, uh, matchup like this. This is a, this isn't a two-leg uh, matchup. It's one leg. So go with your best team, and you would have got the result easily. Easily get the result. Like KDB in the middle is much better than KDB out wide. And playing, you should have had Maris starting. I don't know why Maris came in in the last like twenty minutes. Not not enough time for him to do anything. Uh, obviously a high back a high back line, but. That's the risk you take when when you play the city style, and uh, I think I mean Ederson got caught, but he is a sweeper keeper, so that's kind of uh, the, the, the solid place that they lose with that. They live and die with that, and um, yeah, I mean honestly, we're not taking, we're not talking about, we're not criticizing Guardiola's style of play or tactics if Sterling scores. Yeah, but I I heard as well that there was controversial offside calls for the goals that were allowed and whatnot, but. Uh, it's debatable, yeah. The, the thing on Leon's third goal, you could argue that maybe Laporte got fouled, but it's not enough for me to like reconsider it. I feel like um, I do. I feel like uh, the the call. I mean, the call is a call. The right call is made at the end of the day. Like it, you could you, you could have gone you could have gone either way, but I still feel like they went the to the right. Uh, they did the right thing. But yeah, that's like four. That's four quarterfinals in a row now, right? For Guardiola. That he misses. Yeah, they haven't passed the quarterfinals. He hasn't he hasn't done better than David Moyes in the Champions League with Man United. Can you imagine that? No, but it's this this was their best chance, dog. And it, I hate to put it on Guardiola because he had the tactics and everything. But that miss. That miss. That Sterling miss. I think it's the worst ever, to be honest with you. It was bad because, especially considering the, sta- the, the stakes, the, the, the pressure that was on, the stakes at hand. If it goes to 2-2, with a different game, I think City wins. But for him to miss that, they were the, the better team the whole game. Like, every time Lyon, every, t- every goal, every Lyon goal is a counterattack, literally. Because... Whenever they had a chance, they go to Memphis. Let's talk about Memphis. I mean, Memphis, Memphis now doesn't regret seeing at Lyon, for sure. No, and Dembele too is pretty strong. Dembele is gonna leave soon, though. Dembele is gonna leave like 
soon. Like the, a team is gonna come for Dembele for sure. But deservedly so, I agree. Even Awar as well. Awar is already like reported like to be wanted by Juve and City. I feel like he's that's he's gonna leave as well. Leon, I mean Leon's system as well. The from the homegrown system, the academy, it's working, obviously. Uh, they trust the youth, trust the French youth, and ended up working for him. Uh, we got also mentioned Jason Denayer, 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 Denayer. Great game from him as well. Uh, he's. I think I thought he was probably Lyon's best player that game, just from a defensive perspective. But I every time I'm sorry, but I can't like stop not stop thinking about that miss. Like, would you? Put, that was that was that's kind of what how you explain the game, like in a nutshell. Literally, because if he scores that, nobody criticizes Guardiola. We won't even question the tactics, or we even if we talk about it, we won't think think of it as the cause for their loss. Because, nah, bro, you can't miss that at this stage, that moment, especially at two one. And it's not like it's something that they do. They always do the tapping crosses. Like, this isn't something that he's never seen before. So I don't understand how, man. I mean, we've seen horrible misses over the years, but this is definitely one of them. It's also tough for me because I felt like Sterling was the best player for City that game, offensively. He was the biggest threat. Every time he... He's great at creating opportunities and creating chances. Literally every cutback that he did and he faked it, the Lyon, Lyon defender fell for it every time. That's how the goal came from De Bruyne. From him. And for him to miss that, oh my God, bruh. Gosh. That's going to sting. That's going to sting for a while. For a while. That changes the whole game. So let's move on now. City out in the quarterfinals again. Then we get the Lyon Bayern and PSG Leipzig. We could have had an all French final or all German final. Would have been pretty crazy. That I think I I would have been the worst possible scenario because we already know. I think the the old German final was definitely more like uh, more likely. I couldn't see Leon beating Bayern, and we don't have to talk too much about that game. But it was nothing special. Just Bayern took care of business. Bayern, yeah, Bayern took care of business. Really, they, it doesn't even look like they were like. I mean, Leon had a couple of chances that could have changed the game, but they weren't stressed. Yeah, and Leon should have started the game two zero. They had chances in the beginning. They should have been up to zero. Um, but then Bayern just took care of business. Yeah, Bayern took care of business, so not much to say there. As expected in the final. The PSG game was a bit surprising to me because I didn't think Leipzig was going to be, I guess, that bad. I think Leipzig made a couple of mistakes that cost them the goals more than PSG created them. But PSG pretty much finished, punished them for those mistakes. Uh, I feel like experience experience took over that game. Obviously, Neymar winning it with Barca, Di Maria. Uh, the experienced players took over, and it showed, especially when, especially with especially on those the Leipzig mistakes. So obviously, uh, Upamecano is still, I guess, one. I, I still feel like he's a promising defender to, and possibly the next best player defender in the world, but. As a, as a team, they're still young players, and I mean, they're still rough. Definitely. And I think if they would have had Werner, I think it would have helped them a lot. Um, that's where kind of like. I think this is this is a game when you need a Werner, like as much as we. Yeah, exactly. That's what I was gonna say. 
as much as like I think Nigel's been mentioned that like Vernon wouldn't be wouldn't have been effective against Atletico, and like I think I agree with that. I feel like this is a game where Vernon would have been better because. How do you feel a, about Nagelsmann? Because he's like a top quality manager, I think. I think he's the best, the second best German coach right now. After Klopp. I think so. I would say so. Yeah, I had an I had an argument with somebody on Twitter. Not argument, debate. Um, it was Pochettino versus Nagelsmann. Who do you take? For any team. Who do you take? It's just in general. I'm, I I was having this debate with somebody that wanted. Um, they, oh, we were talking about talking about it in the sense for uh, for Man United, where um, they said if Ole Ole is not like he's not going to be the man to like take us back to the top top top. Um, and I thought I said Pochettino definitely would be somebody like that because we were talking about how Pochettino after the after the Bayern Munich Barca game, uh, Barca's everybody in Barca is probably getting fired. Um, so we're going to say who's who's probably replacing the coach there. Um, and I said Pochettino most likely because he seemed like the perfect fit for them. But I was a little sad because I would have wanted him at United back in the day before Ole. Um, if, I mean, it feels like now that's the second chance. Like, obviously, we know that Kuman is a new Barca manager, but if that's the second chance of a club to get for – for a club to actually get Pochettino and they, they didn't go for it. It feels like Manu might be the, the, the one in, in, in the end because – um, I don't think you guys are. But how I don't see Ole not being manager next year. So how long is Pochettino gonna wait? Oh, I agree, but I feel like if you guys, I don't know if you guys can win a trophy with Ole. That's my thing. You guys are definitely better with Ole now because he's 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 brought the right players. He's brought the right system. I think the team is going well. But is he the guy to bring you to the next next level, like Champions League caliber level? I don't think so. See, yeah, I. I don't. I agree that I don't think he's the man. But when do you see him getting fired next season? Like again? I mean, depending on how it goes, really depends on how it goes. If we if we make it to like the quarters of the Champions League, or you know. Yeah, but I think you guys are expecting a trophy next season. Yeah, I mean, we always want a trophy, right? We want to compete for we want to compete for the league most most uh, importantly, and do well in the Champions League. Uh, to answer your question. To answer your question though about Pochettino versus Nagelsmann, I feel like it's. Um, Do you think they have very similar systems or no? They don't have similar systems, but they're both good at um, developing teams, like a project. I think if you want to make career, develop a project on on a team, you could use, you could you could easily go with those two managers because they're 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 great at developing projects, developing players, and creating a system around those players that could work for years. You saw how Pochettino developed the Spurs players, brought the right players to his first system. Yeah, every year he did better. Every year he he brought them closer to the top of the league. He managed to finish second in the league, managed to make a Champions League final. I I agree that uh, Pochettino would probably be... I think Pochettino would be a better fit for you guys just because he has a bigger knowledge of the Prem as opposed to Nagelsmann. Who do you think is a better coach? Who do you think is a better coach overall? Hmm... It's tough to say. Because Nagelsmann is very young, too, and he doesn't have a lot of experience. He's, he's 33. He's younger than he's younger than, he's younger younger than than Messi and Ronaldo. I still feel like Pochino is probably the better manager because of his experience. But uh, I feel like I would, I would... If I was a player, I would like to play for a Nagelsmann instead. I do. See, there is. There are similarities in their systems, 
I agree to that, but I'd probably lean towards uh, Nagelsmann if I was a player. But if I was a fan of a team, I would probably go for, especially in the Prem, I would want them for, to go for... Um, you want somebody that knows the Prem because the Prem is hard to adapt to if you're, not, if you're not ready for it. Especially for a coach. It's tough for a player. Imagine a coach. Especially if you don't have the players that you want. Then, and I think that the Manu team as it is right now would be a be- is the best would be best fit good fit for uh, Pochettino's system, minus two a couple of people. Do you think Pochettino would be able to take us over the edge to the top, top, top? Uh, I think so. Yeah. Okay, I agree, but like people would say, then why didn't he do it with Spurs? But with Spurs, it's different. I think he was cl- he was close. It was it's just because Liverpool was better. And Man City, it's hard to compete. It's like having Ronaldo and Messi and trying to be the best player in the world, you know, while they're still playing. I mean, it's not exactly the same, but um, same kind of comparison. So who do you have in the final this sun- Sunday? It is Sunday, which is surprising. I thought it was going to be next week, but... I have Bayern. Bayern is going to be a wash. I don't think it's going to be a wash because... You think the, do you think we're going to get fast-paced football again like we've had in the quarters and the semis? Or do you think it's going to be a slower game because it's the final? I think if you want, if for PSG, you, for, if you're PSG, you want to you want to slow the game as much as possible, because that's how you catch fire. I think they're gonna get. I think they're gonna get messed up if they try to slow the game too much. They're gonna get caught trying to slow the game down, and Bayern's gonna take advantage of that and score goals. If you're Bayern, you want it to be like a fast paced. I think you want it to be fast paced, but I, for from a Bayern perspective, I feel like they're gonna expose the the right wing of PSG because uh, Tilo Kera isn't a a right back uh, formation, right? He's played right back before, but he's mostly a center back. And I feel like he might be PSG's weak link in the back four right now. So I feel like they're going to expose him a lot. Also, Bernat as a left back uh, goes, jumps way. I mean, he jumps too high sometimes and he doesn't, I mean, Kimpem is there, but there's times where there'll be a massive gap behind Bernat because he's so high off the pitch already. Yeah. So, uh, guys like Gnabry, Mueller, they're going to expose that. I feel like it's going to be. I feel like it's going to be a battle of the fullbacks. Oh yeah, they will. Even Davies, I think. I think. I think Davies is going to overwhelm the that left side. The right side. Well, I mean, that left side for Bayern. That right side. The right side for PSG. Yeah, I feel like if Kira isn't careful, he might get exposed by by uh, Davies as well. It's going to be a battle of fullbacks. I feel like whoever. Can exploit can exploit the wings better. We'll win this game. I think what's gonna happen is Bayern is gonna get an early goal, and then a PSG are trying to get a, are gonna try to go more offensive to uh, get a goal back, and then they're just gonna get exposed even more, and Bayern is just gonna punish them. That's what I think is going to happen. I uh, I could see that. I could see that happen. Agreed. I could see that happen. Um, but I this might be Neymar's best chance for a trophy. As a, for a Champions League. I mean, this is his best chance. Uh, they've had somewhat easy of a way to the final, to be honest. Like, I'm not going to lie. Um, no, they did. They did. Dortmund, Atalanta, and Leipzig. That's not the biggest challenge. Yeah. The, Dortmund was their biggest challenge, and Dortmund wasn't even in form when they were playing. Um, I would argue that Atalanta might be the biggest challenge because of the way that the, the leg went, but... I know, but that's a team that wasn't experienced either, and they could have, they should have won it too. Atalanta, like they got, they got by PSG, got by by the skin of their teeth. 
so they've been they haven't been impressive this whole time to be honest. So but they they're still in the final, right? They're still in the final. Yeah, they're in the final. So I mean, this is the this is the best chance for them, especially for Neymar, because Mbappe, yeah, he's twenty, he's twenty one already. A World Cup, but Champions League, it would be great. But I feel like he'll have more Champions League chances in the future. Neymar may not when he leaves PSG, if and when he leaves PSG. Is Neymar thirty? Neymar is like twenty seven. Okay, Neymar's still good then, age wise. Yeah, but I mean, this it's is his best chance to get a. a um, a Champions League without the without Barca, so I mean, if he gets that, his it'll be a much better legacy because people will actually see that he can win. If he gets that, it'll make his move worth it. I think. Yes, agreed. It will make his move worth it. That's exactly it. So that's what he leave for. He didn't. He didn't leave Barca to win more leagues in a farmers league. You know. Yeah. Well, don't call him farmers league now. I think they deserved. I think they deserved their rightful name. <laughs> Yeah, okay. They impressed me. They impressed me a little bit. But yeah, I, this might be a Neymar's best chance to like, I guess, improve his legacy. All right. Final score, give me your prediction and then we'll wrap it up. Um I'm going to say cuz they're so 3-2 Bayern. 4-1 Bayern. Damn. Yeah. Bayern Bayern they even though they've had the game in the bag they have not stopped themselves from going for more goals. So I think they're just going to try to score as many goals as possible and and basically have another massacre. And I think they can do it. All right, 4-1. Uh, I guess we don't really have time to talk about Ronald Koeman this week. We can talk about it next week. If we're still I mean, we can talk about it a little bit if you want to put a brief uh, mention on it because we ended up going through the Pochettino versus Nagelman kind of argument there, but... Ronald Koeman, are you expecting big things? I don't think he was the man for the job, to be honest. I like the hire, though, because, I, I mean, think about it, too. He he was a... he looks like a guy that's going to bring in discipline to the club. But I don't think he's the guy to bring them back to the top. He's a former Barca player, too. I know. I, I don't know if that'll be the, the big impact, but he every time, everywhere he went, teams have been playing better. Uh, he was and he is coaching the du- he was coaching the Dutch national team where the young talents are. I'm pretty sure he's gonna bring a couple of Dutch players to Barca. By the way, uh, expect that to happen. Like who? Donny van de Beek. Yeah, I think van de Beek is van de Beek is the one that I was thinking with him in the the Jong in the middle. Yeah, that's that's probably gonna be one of his signings. Uh, that would be a good sign, interesting signing. But uh, not only that, but I think he's bringing also two former Barca players. I know one is Larson, Henry Larson from Sweden. And I, I can't remember the other, the other, the other coach, assistant coach name. Zlatan. No, it's not. It's not <laughs> he's definitely not. He's not bringing Zlatan. <laughs> but yeah, uh, we'll talk about it next more next week. But I'm uh, I'm intrigued by it. I think it's an interesting signing. It's not what anybody expected, to be honest, because he was still the coach of the national team, the Dutch national team. He actually had to pay for him to leave. But um, it's an interesting signing. I, um, but it'll also be a question of, can he keep Messi there? And who is he going to get rid of? That's the thing. Like, we'll, I think we'll talk about it more next, next week. We'll talk about the finals, both Europa League and Champions League. And we'll talk about this, uh, this Barca rebuild. I think it's going to be the, an interesting question because the the president of the club said how 
he named like five or six players that were untouchable. He said uh, Dembele, Messi, uh, Langlais. I forget who else he had uh, as untouchable. Ter Stegen. Ter Stegen and, uh, and like uh, one or two others. But that leaves everybody like Rakitic. We, he was already supposed to leave. He's probably going to leave. Piquet's going to leave. Suarez, leave, you know. Rafinha, Piquet, Braceways, Busquets. They're all out. Vidal. Yeah, like all these players are like nearing the end of their career as well. Anyways, like these these guys are uh, late thirty, like not late thirties, but in their thirties, where you know the early thirties is too late. It's too that's late in soccer. You can't have a team of an average of over thirty player over thirty years old and expect to win a Champions League. Exactly. So I think it's going to be an interesting process to see uh, who they end up selling, how much money they get back, and who they can bring into the club to give it a new look, and if they're able to keep uh, Messi. But that's going to be an interesting question for next time. I think uh, we can get a good uh, we can we'll get a good feel for it after the Champions League, and when uh, after the Champions League is done, every team is going to be on a break for a little bit because I think uh, the league starts back in uh, uh, in I think it's mid September. But there's going to have a short window where we're going to have a lot of stuff being done, I think. So uh, There's going to be a lot of eyes on the offseason on Barca and City. I feel like those two teams are going to have a – there's going to be a lot of questions with those, those two teams. Yes, exactly. All right, guys. Thanks for listening. This was, this was a pretty, like, uh, condensed episode. We had a lot to talk about all these games. But uh, it was fun. Next week, we'll talk about the Champions League final, the Europa League final, some Barca rebuild. Um, make sure to follow us on all our social medias, uh, RT Soccer Pod on Twitter, RT Soccer Pod on Instagram, Real Time Soccer on Facebook. Damn, you, 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 you studied. I got it down. I got it down. And we're 30 episodes in. We should know this by now. 31. 31. But uh, thanks for listening, guys. Hope we see you next week. Any last words, Kanga? Signing out. Signing out. Peace. Peace.